Hey guys, I'm Randy. And I'm Daniel. We're two lifelong friends and musicians, but when we're not playing gigs, we like to talk games. And today on the Gaming Gig Podcast, we're exploring the habits of the enigmatic tribe known as gamers. All right, Danny boy, the wild, wonderful, crazy world of gamers today. Mm-hmm. We're, we might as well be National Geographic, like going on scene with an indigenous tribe. A tribe that we also happen to be a part of, I will say. Well, we're like the people that bring them in. We're like the guide of the National Geographic oh, right. guy. You know, they always have like an inside man. We're the inside man. We're the man. inside man. We're your inside man. We're going to bring you into Roger the world that. of gamers. And we're going to talk about a couple different topics about the habits of gamers and what gamers do. And the first topic today is how many gaming consoles do you have hooked up and ready to play? Now, before we get to mm. the poll, I want to ask you, Daniel, how many gaming consoles do you have hooked up and ready to play? Does my PC count? Mm, I don't think a PC is is strictly a gaming console, so I'm going to say no. I think we should talk about dedicated gaming devices only. Okay. Does my Steam Deck count? Yes. Okay. but So what about, where do handhelds fall in this? Handhelds are not hooked up and ready to play. I'm talking about like gaming consoles. I'm saying no handhelds. So no Steam no, Deck? No PC. Oh, but the, see, the, the Switch and Steam Deck, I think, count. Okay. Because those are handheld hybrids. Hybrids count. Okay, hybrids count. And I think, at the end of the day, the Steam Deck leans more into being a gaming console than it does a PC. Because it's really, Absolutely. like, it comes with Steam OS. It's really, like, set up to be a gaming console, yeah. not necessarily a PC, although it is. Right, right, right. Okay, so I have the Switch. I have a PS5. I have a Series X. I have... A Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- I have other things that are certainly quickly accessible. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess I'm going to say four. Four. Okay. That's a pretty good number. How many um, do you have, Coyote? <clears throat> I mean, Randy. Um, I've got, let me see. I've got the Switch. I've got the PlayStation 5. I've got the Xbox Series X. I've got the Wii U. I've got the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, Super Nintendo... And oh, N sixty four, and we. Um, Come on, hit double digits. I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? You got like a three sixty hooked up? No, I don't have a three sixty. I have you know a couple three sixties, but none hooked up, ready to go. I'm thinking I'm sitting at nine. That sucks. I know. So close, that's, to, that's close a, to the double digits. That's a big number. Yeah, a lot. You know, your your dedication to having the retro systems hooked up is admirable. Yeah. I um I just emulate that stuff. Well, and I'm that's definitely a legit way to do it. But the point is, us gamers are pretty I think even 4 is a lot. I think yeah, I think it is too. It's a lot. Cuz when we look at the poll here, we put out a poll and it says how many consoles do you have hooked up and ready to play? The Number one answer was two consoles hooked up ready to play. Mm-hmm. And then following that was one with 23%, and then four at 20%, and then three at 18%. But 40% of people said two. So, mm-hmm. And I bet you most of that is a Switch and either a PlayStation or an Xbox. I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. I think you're probably right about that. But we have some comments on here where we can kind of go into it. So... Right along with me at nine, we have Bad Media Track. He said, I've got nine, but two TVs, one for retro and one for HD. I like it. You got your big like CRT hooked up. I, I like that. 
that's something that was my original plan was to have one like old CRT hooked up. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a little bit, but I only have like one console hooked up to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was going to have my, you know, HDTV for all the new stuff. But, um, I just found that it was, you know, kind of inconvenient to do that. Mm -hmm. It was more convenient for me to have it all in one TV. Yeah. I want an old CRT. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I want one that's not that big. So yeah, like, if you like, got any leads, let me know. Yeah. The one I have is a decent size, but it's not like mm -hmm. tiny. It's not huge. It's, yeah. it's a good size. Yeah. It's, it is heavy though. I would like to have like a little, like a little CRT and then, and then have like my retro stuff, maybe in like some sort of shelf slash cart like format, like. Oh, like one of those carts you push around well, that you I saw people push around in the schools, right? Yeah, but I don't really need it to move. I just need it to have like little shelves. Okay. So. It would be cool if it could move. I mean, what's then the you point could, in that? Yeah. And then you could have a little, you could have it strapped down with a little strap like they used to do. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. But I, I, I love this comment about having two TVs, one for, you know, the HD and then one for the retro stuff, because that's like the dream setup. Yeah. I mean, that's like what us, we all dream about because playing those old retro games on a CRT is like. That's what it, that's where it's at. Yeah, definitely. That is definitely the way it's at. We're assuming that that's the way it is. I hope it is. I, ho I hope you have the dream set up. Yeah. All right. We got another comment from this user SP4W70C1B. This is D18. Yo, what it do, D18? Yeah. Who said, Switch and Xbox Series S. Perfect combo for Game Pass slash AAA titles and all the Nintendo exclusive your heart desires. Although sometimes I wish I could play those PlayStation exclusives. Yeah. I mean, like you were saying earlier about people who have two hooked up, a Switch and then like something else, like you said, either an Xbox or a PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And I do think that that is probably the way to go if you're going to have two gaming consoles hooked up. Yeah. I think having a Switch and then your choice of Xbox, PlayStation. I personally, if I had to go for two, I think I would go PlayStation, but it would be a tough one because having that Game Pass machine, like that is super cool. It is. And it is. I'm kind of excited to, uh, when, you know, I'm, I'm going to re-up Game Pass when Starfield comes out, and I'm kind of excited to just, like, explore it and see what's on there now. It's yeah, been a some, long time some since things I've have changed. It, you know? Yeah, definitely. And there, it's it changes, you know, very often, so. Yeah. But having a Game Pass, like, I bought an Xbox to have a Game Pass machine. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. And I hear that so much on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So many people will say, you know, oh, I have a Series S, but it's just a Game Pass machine. I hear it all the time. It's great, though, because channels. the Series S is so cheap, it's so affordable. I've seen where on Amazon right now, you can get a refurbished Series S for $200. That's awesome. I mean, $200 to get you into the current generation of systems, that's su that's such a great price. I think that, that is. is what Series S has going for it, plus Game Pass. Mm -hmm. You know, I see why it sells decently. I don't know if it sells as well as the Series X, but it probably sells really well. It may sell better. Who knows? I bet it, I bet it sells well. Yeah, and now we got the new one, the the black one coming out that has the big hard drive. Yes. Now, speaking of exclusive or yeah, exclusive consoles though, you know, that ain't gonna touch that place or that uh, Spider Man PlayStation. That's pretty cool, man. I I didn't comment on it, and I don't remember like what I was doing. I feel like I might have saw this post on Discord at like four a.m. Yeah. Um, but when you posted that in there, I was like, that is sexy. Yeah. And, the, and by the way, if you guys are interested in that PlayStation um, Spider-Man 2 console, they are selling the faceplates separate. So you don't have to buy a new console to get that look that machine that looks that way. That's awesome. You can just buy the faceplates, which is you know significantly yeah, cheaper. That's cool. I'm glad. I think that's a really cool pro-consumer move that Sony's doing, You know mm -hmm. that they've built into this PlayStation 5 system mm -hmm. that we haven't really seen before. No. 
you know, we've definitely, well, I shouldn't say, we've definitely had consoles that had swappable faceplates, but they've mostly been from Nintendo and handhelds. Yeah. Um, I think, to my knowledge, I can't think of another system that had this easily swappable faceplates. No. That was like a home console. No. You know about the the stuff with PlayStation and uh, and Dbrand? You know about all that? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That stuff's so funny. Yeah. Dbranders, they're, they're very cheeky. Yeah, they're funny. All right. So before we move on, we want to tell you about the Twitch. Now, we have a Twitch channel, believe it or not. However, it's been acti- inactive for a few days because we got hit by a big old storm on Thursday. And we lost power for like over 24 hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we weren't able to stream on Thursday, but we'll be back on Sunday just without Randy. I won't be there. And by the time this podcast comes out, that will be in the past. And then there'll be another thing I won't be there. Yeah. We're going on vacation. But yeah, yeah, join us on Twitch. There is a link in the description of this podcast and you can find us there. So we'd love to see you come hang out with us on Twitch. It's 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. All right. So our next little thing that we're going to explore with gamers is we're going to talk about how gamers describe their video game buying habits. Mm, Okay. So, yeah, put out a poll saying, how would you describe your video game buying habits? Okay. Well, at a whopping 8%, people said, I almost never buy games. Those people might be sitting on the high seas. (laughs) Uh, At a massive 8%, people said they buy multiple games per month. At a slightly less massive, 22%, people said, I buy a game every month or so. And at a measly 63%, people said, I buy a few games per year. See, I wouldn't have expected the few games per year. I know that there are people like, especially when I was growing up, that's all we got were a few games a year. Oh, know? yeah, yeah. And that was like... You you know, Christmas and birthday kind of right, thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that was what we got. So I knew that that was like, that's a very, you know, rea- that's a big reality for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I would have expected the like, the I buy a game every month or so. I would have expected that to be the most popular answer. And it yes. wasn't. So Yeah, that that's what I would expect it to. It was second place, but it's a pretty... Pretty big difference yeah. there. I mean, sixty. The majority of people saying that they only buy a few games a year. So that's something to keep in mind. You know, when we're talking about games, and that's why it's so like uh, important to make sure that the games that you buy are worthy of your time and money. Because if you're only buying a few games a year, you want to make sure that those games that you buy are going to be worth it. Right. Yeah. So that's why I like things like reviews and like thing. You know, those types of things are su- super important. And also, if you're gonna only if you can only buy a few games a year, make sure you wait until you know that the game is good. You know, being there day one is a gamble. Yes. And, you know, I, I wonder if these people that are buying just a few games a year, if they also have like a Game Pass subscription. Oh, yeah. See, that's another great one. Yeah. yeah. Game Pass is great for that. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. We got a comment from our boy, Tom Derry, who said, my name is Tom. I'm an addict. Hey, Tom. I realized I had a problem when I bought Tears of the Kingdom before even opening my copy of RE4 and Metroid Prime and three other recent purchases. My backlog is dying down, so maybe I can start feeding my addiction again. Tom, it sounds like you've admitted that you're an addict, but you haven't admitted that you need to try to fix the problem. (laughs) Seems like you're trying to get back in as quickly as possible. Well, he's taken his first step, and that's admitting that he has a problem. Right. Um, But yeah. Mm-hmm. No, man, just dive back in. You. <laughs> you, you do you. I mean, at, in your defense, Tom, there are a lot of really great hard-hitting games that you just want to get in on day one, and they mm-hmm. all came out around the same time. So. Yeah. Yeah, I have Metroid Prime, and I haven't I haven't played it yet. So, so I mean, that that's 
that, I mean, that's real for me too. I mean, no mm-hmm. worries. Yeah, it happens. It happens, especially yeah. like, you know, as you get older, it's hard to find the time to put in all these games. I'll tell you what, what happens to me, my, and this is, I'm probably not unique here, but, um, I, my game buying like comes in waves mm-hmm. and it, it really, uh, happens about four times a year during the steam sale. I've noticed because I buy lots of games during the steam sale. Cause you can, you can do it for cheap. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you can't, you just can't play them all immediately. No, you got to give yourself time. In fact, I'd say right now is backlog season. You know, we got Pikmin 4, but, uh, you know, otherwise there's not a whole lot of huge games coming out. And uh, so right now is the time of year. This particular year, we're in about the lulliest lull that you're going to get. And it's it's, going to die away pretty soon. So Old lully lull. Now's the time to be hitting that backlog. Mm -hmm. All right, we got a comment here from CBO GT Strom. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sivogstrom. Sivogstrom. There we go. I wait for the sales on Steam. As for Switch games, I buy them once I've beaten what I've played. I haven't paid full price for a game in a long time that wasn't a Switch game. So a couple things here. Yeah, one, Mm -hmm. Switch games rarely go on sale. Yep. So if you're going to buy Switch games, you might as well buy them when you want to play them because they're probably not going to go on sale. Um, But also, I love the idea of only playing a game once you've beaten what you have so far. That's the way to do it. I mean, as long as you like the games. Don't you know, force yourself to play a game that you hate or something, but Man, I, I, I just like, that. I think you might be like, he might, this guy might be like a rare unicorn because if, if you're really strict on yourself about, you don't go on until you've beaten what you're playing. I think you're in a very elite group there. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to finish games. That would be like a, this sounds like a no backlog situation, you know, like don't have a backlog. Yeah. That would be insane. Like that. I, I'm, I'm very proud of you. Very impressive. I like it. I like the mentality. I like the way you're doing things. Next, we got Larry House who said, it's hard to buy games anymore. $90 to start in Canada is just ridiculous. Premium and gold editions easily reach $160. Mm. AAA tiles were always $59.99 when I was growing up. This has definitely made me a much more selective over what I buy. It has made me less likely to try new things, which is unfortunate. Man. That Canadian upcharge is real. It is. But don't worry about those premium and gold editions. No. We've, just, we, then we talked about that last yeah. week. We got into talking about those and about how they're generally a waste of money. Just fork out the 90. <laughs> still the 90. I mean, come on now. That's rough, man. Look, I mean, I actually almost put out a poll this week asking if the price of new games has turned you off from playing games. Uh, because I was thinking about it and I was thinking like, man, it is crazy how expensive things are right now. It is. Um, you know, I don't know what, you know, how these publishers, I know they need to make money. I don't know what the game price needs to be for them to both make money and to sell the most copies. I'm sure they've done the market research and they figured it out. But still, it, it, it they are expensive. There's just no way around it. Yes. That $70 is, is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. And, you know, it's it's there's some psychology there because $60 is isn't cheap. But if we think to ourselves like about $10, most of us are probably like, well, I can afford $10 on something. It's only a $10 difference, but it feels massive. It does. I I think it's just because that $60 price has been there for so long. Right. And now that it's changing, it's just, mm-hmm. it's tough for us all. It, it really is. It's tough. And I, I really don't 
buy that many games new. I really don't. Um, I just bought Pikmin 4, but besides Pikmin 4, I don't remember the last game I just bought outright and paid full price for because I do a lot of things through Gamefly. I rent games. So most day one releases that I get, I rent through Gamefly. So I don't pay, you know, full price for them. I just pay the rental fee. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't buy that many. And it's because they're so expensive. Mm-hmm. Like Final Fantasy 16, I did not buy. I rented it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to return it. And I may eventually buy a copy for myself down the road mm-hmm. once it's cheap. But right now it's a $70 game. Yeah. And it's just like, I just can't justify spending $70 on that many games. Yeah. And no. But I do it with Pikmin because it's a Nintendo game. Is that $70? No, it's sixty. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think so. But, you know, like, Tears of the Kingdom was probably the last game I bought full price. And I generally do it with Switch games because I know they don't go on sale. And that's what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So I just go ahead and buy them. Yeah, and Tears of the Kingdom was worth 100 so that's okay. Uh, yeah, what a great game. What a game. All right, we got a comment from Jay, TG non-UV, said, I usually buy, like, two-thirds of a game a month. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's two to three games a month. <laughs> However, I mostly play a $5 the $15 indie games, so it's not like I'm spending a ton of money. Hey, that's a that's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. I love picking up cool little indie games, like especially during those Steam sales, like I was saying, you know? Yep. And you can get them even significantly cheaper than 5 to 15 You can right. get them for just a couple bucks. Right. And there's always, like, the new indie hotness. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, it's Dave the Dover. Have you heard about Dave the Dover? I saw it on the uh, last week when I was doing research on the uh, Steam chart. That was one of the games that was... A popular game right now that mm-hmm. was that wasn't a live service game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave the Diver. Uh, it it doesn't seem like something I would love. I, I haven't picked it up, but it's like all the rage right now. Before that, it was Dredge, and I do have Dredge because I got it on sale, and I'm looking forward to playing it eventually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's that's a great idea, man. Indie games can be solid. Yep. So we got one more topic we're going to talk about, but before we get there, I want to tell you guys about our Discord server. Um, We would love for you to join our Discord server. There is an invite link in the description of this podcast, wherever you're getting it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, come join us. We talk about games there, but it's also a good way to keep track of when we go live on Twitch, when we post new videos to the main channel or here to the podcast channel, or really just anything, you know, to do with us. We're there all the time, but Mm -hmm. it's just a good place to talk games to people. Oh yeah. A lot of cool people on there and us. And us, but you know, you can, you can get over us if there's all those cool people, right? Right. That's what I was getting It makes at. it worth it. All right. So, last topic of the day. We're talking about where do gamers get their gaming news. Mm-hmm. Hit us with that poll there, Daniel. Well, at 5%, people said gaming websites like IGN, GameSpot, etc. At 4%, no, actually, we'll save that one. At 9%, people said social media. That's Twitter, your Reddits, your, your Facebooks, your MySpaces, right? And 82% people said Spawnwave, <clears throat> sorry, YouTube channels. And at 4%, people said somewhere else. And uh, yeah, I mean, now we did ask this question on YouTube. So yeah. <laughs> um, Ray Chi commented and said, I suspect there's some kind of bias here. Yeah, probably. I'm sure that if we had, if like IGN had put out this poll on their website, it would have been, you know, skewed very much towards like gaming websites. Probably. And, you know, if I put it out on a Twitter poll, maybe it would have gone towards social media or something. But, um, you know, I do think that a lot of gamers go to YouTube. Probably, yeah. Probably the, I would say probably the majority, even though I know that this is biased. Yeah. It might not be 82%. It might be 81%, but I think most <laughs> people do go to YouTube. And I was joking about it when I was reading the results, but Spawn Waves is where to go. 
Yeah, I mean, Spawn Wave is the place to get your gaming news. I mean, come on. There are lots of great places, but I mean, uh, John over at Spawn Wave has been, uh, you know, consistently putting out daily gaming news for many years. Yes. And, um, you know, he's a great, if you don't know about uh, John over at Spawn Wave and what he's doing, it's definitely worth checking out. It's a great place to get your gaming news every day in a straightforward, you know, no spin sort of way, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. He's like the. He's like the modern day Walter Cronkite of gaming news. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, but no, he, he, he really does just, he, you know, he definitely like, it's not super, he doesn't go too much into his opinions on it. He does, yeah. you know, he definitely has his opinions on things. Yeah. And he has enough of it, but really he's just about letting you know what's going on in the world of gaming, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And like, that is my news. You know, that is what I don't, I don't pay attention to politics and stuff. So, um, my news is gaming news. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't watch Newswave every single day, but I watch it two or three days a week, probably. It's my it's my morning routine, yeah. man. I've also started trying to listen to that uh, NPR First Take podcast again. I used to listen to that every day. It's like a short little podcast about like what's the top you know news articles in the world. This is not gaming related. It's just me related. But um, I like that too. <laughs> if you could do some Newswave and NPR First Take, I think you'd be pretty informed. I just need, I just need, I just need newsway from John. That's all I need. Anyway, Alessandro says, yeah, sometimes important real world things happen. Everybody talks about, but I only know when the new games come out. <laughs> yeah. That's like Randy. Seriously. I can tell you when the new games come out though. And I can tell you what score it got on a Metacritic. <laughs> and uh, I can tell you if it's probably worth checking out or not, even if it's not a game I've played. I, I love that kind of stuff, man. I really do. I love keeping track of what's going on in the gaming world. There's some gaming news stuff that I don't care about. Yeah. Like, you you may have noticed that we have not put out a podcast on the whole, like, um, you know, Activision. Oh, yeah, the Activision with, or deal. The, the Activision deal with Microsoft. I don't still have much to say about it. I don't really know, you know, like. Yeah. I, I guess part of me, like. If I had to care about it, I wouldn't care about like, I don't care about like, is this going to bring, you know, Microsoft and Xbox back into the, you know, back into the fight, you know, because that's too console war. I just don't really care about it. I mean, like, you know, why? we talk about console war stuff, but we, we do yeah. it on a different kind of basis. So the reason I don't really care so much about it is because it's all centered around Call of Duty and I don't give no craps about Call of Duty. In fact, I have thought about, you know, like. One, if I the other day I was thinking like if we were to ever make a podcast about this, I kind of think like that we would make a podcast where we talk about how Call of Duty is becoming irrelevant and why is it the center of this conversation? <laughs> because I really do think, and I know that like Call of Duty has been a juggernaut for yeah. sales, but if you look, I think like I saw that like Call of Duty has lost like fifty percent of its player base over the last couple of years or something. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know the exact stat on that, and don't quote me on that. Quote them on but that. it's something like that. Like they have lost so much of their player base, and it's like, yeah, it's still probably going to be a, a, like really successful, probably mm -hmm. more successful than most video games. You know, even with a lot of its player base leaving, they're probably some of them will come back when a new game comes out and whatever. Sure, you know, but. I think that it is gradually becoming more and more irrelevant. I really do think that. I think military first-person shooters are starting to be on the decline. I don't think there's as much interest for them anymore. At least that's the way it feels from my perspective. I could be completely wrong about that. And remember, this is coming from a guy who doesn't play military first-person shooters. Same as me. <laughs> right. So, 
Yeah. We, like I said, we don't give no craps and it does kind of feel like they're on the decline, but there may be some bias here. Right. I just keep hearing about, you know, like every new military first person shooter that gets hyped up and comes out. It just like very much disappoints, you know, that mm-hmm. happened with, you know, recent Call of Duty games that happened with Battlefield. It's just like it keeps happening, even with things that are like adjacent, like Halo. Like, yeah. It just. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it has the same hype behind it anymore that it used to. Yeah. I think. It, yeah. It's like those fantasy shooters are, are taking over, you know, like I, Fortnite. I guess you could call it fantasy. It certainly can be. Depends on the freaking season. Um, but then you got like your, your Valorant and stuff like that. You know, it's like the more sci-fi, you know, destiny, like the sci-fi kind of stuff is, is bigger. It I don't know. Like. It, you know, it all comes down to the game and how much fun it is, but it just, it just seems like for whatever reason that Call of Duty is on the decline, in my opinion, but like I said, I'm not in that world. So it's probably, yeah. take that with a grain of salt because I can have an opinion and it can be wrong. I will admit it. I'll admit that too. Randy can do that. <laughs> Guys, you have hung out with us all the way to the end of the podcast, and mm. we want to celebrate you and kind of shout you out at the end of our next podcast for making it. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate you guys being here because without you, we wouldn't be able to do this. That's right. We have this thing called the Three for Dale Club. Okay, so the Three for Dale Club is like our exclusive tribe within the tribe, right? And I like to, I'm using the word tribe today. I don't know why. Um, but to join the Three for Dale Club, all you got to do is drop us a comment on the YouTube version of this video and say whatever the crap you want to say, but leave Three for Dale somewhere in your comment. Yep. If you leave Three for Dale, that lets me know that you made it all the way to the end and I will write you down and we will shout you out at the end of the next podcast. Mm-hmm. As for today, we're going to start it off strong with the Laninator. That's right. Laninator. Next up, we have Punchy Punch and... Punchy Punch, I'm glad you're doing fine, buddy. Yeah. Next, we got Kidaclism. <laughs> I think you did a good job with that. Um, I I don't know, but glad to have you here. First time part of the Three for Dale Club. I'm glad you're here. That's right. First time, long time. Next up, we have Camo1204. And thank you for the for the kind words there, Camo. Yeah, so they loved our editing, thumbnails, and the energy we bring to them. That, that's so nice. Thank I'm you. I'm telling you what. <laughs> Next, we got Kuro Sleepyhead. Mm-hmm. First time member of the Three for Dale Club. Thank you. Wake up, bro. Next, we have Rodney Williams. Rodney Williams. I, I want to say Rodney's been here before, but it may have been a little bit. Yeah, uh, maybe I, so. I think so. I think so. Rodney's commented a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think I think maybe this isn't the first one. But if it is your first time, I'm glad you're here. Heck yeah. All right. Next, we got Tom Derry. Tom, thank you for always commenting and you know being there on the Discord. Tom, you're awesome. Mm-hmm. Next, we have a guy I haven't seen in a minute. Guy and Tom, welcome back. Oh, guy, man. So glad to have you back. Yeah. Dude, next we got AJK. That's Anthony, our buddy from Australia. I'm so glad I know that it's you now, Anthony. <laughs> I'm sorry that I didn't. I don't know how I missed it. I don't know. I just didn't put the I puzzle mean, pieces together. How would you have known? I don't know. He had to tell me on Twitch. He did. Next up, we got our boy Chicken. Chicken, thanks for being a member of the Three for Dale Club. Next, we have the longest running member of the Three for Dale Club. It's Landon Stallings. Landon, man, you're always there for us. We so appreciate it. Mm. Next up, we have Memo. Memo, thank you. Memo, I think a first time. And then finally, rounding out, we got D18 back again in the Three for Dale Club. Guys, today we had our largest Three for Dale Club ever 13 people. Man, it makes us super excited. We love yeah. this. This is, it's crazy. We're just so glad that you guys are all hanging out with us and participating. And like, it It really is nice to have our little community with you. We it, really, really it. It means a lot from two rednecks that are making a gaming podcast in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Uh, it, it means a lot. So thank you so much. We're just glad you guys like the content in any way. I mean, like, just thank you. 
we couldn't do this without you because we at the end of the day it's really all about you guys because we read your comments mm -hmm. we take everything from you so really it is about you and we wouldn't if it was just us talking it wouldn't work we wouldn't have it's made all it, about you guys. we wouldn't have done 78 straight episodes if it was just us talking because we already <laughs> talk so much that we get tired of it true so if we didn't have you guys to bounce off of psh, who knows yeah who knows what would have happened but Thank you, guys. Thank you. And if you made it all the way to the end of the podcast, make sure to leave us a three for Dale so that we can chat y'all next week, okay? Yep. All right, guys. Until next time, I'm Randy. Which makes me Daniel. This has been Gaming Gig. Peace out.